The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome, one and all, to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon, along with Brian Murphy and Eric Lopez. Boys, it's the end of the UCF academic year. It's the end of the athletic year. And that means it's Banny's Week, baby. Here we go. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lot to cover in this show. This is our nomination show. We're going to uh, give you the nominees for all of our Banny's Awards. And then you, the fan, will have one week to vote on all of them guys i hope you brought your tuxes are you well dressed for this for this for this uh this red letter day this tremendous occasion i have no idea what's the, going si- on. the silent the silence speaks suit. volumes I, I, I got the same suit i had last year put it that way i got, I, same I, I've got my tuxedo t-shirt ready to rock i mean here we go all right <laughs> um so yeah this is actually all right so a little bit of background for you we did this last year it was a big success and we're going to do it for you uh, this year. Make sure you follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com uh, for all the latest news, including your Banny's nominations, uh, and uh, as well as, uh, as a lot of other news that we're doing over the summer. Just because it's summer and no sports are happening doesn't mean we're not busy. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret, uh, Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. Uh, as well, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo, and follow Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy. And you can listen to this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Tune In. All right, so here's how we're going to do it. Like I said, this is our nomination show. We're going to give you the nominees for each of our awards, uh, and we're, I'm going to go over the awards in just a second. Um, we're also going to, uh, and then we'll discuss each award. Hopefully not for too long. This should be a fairly short show, but um, but then we're going to put all of these up on Twitter polls. All right, so we're going to have a minimum or a maximum of four nominees per award. Um, the Twitter polls are going to last a week, and then next week we'll actually dole out the awards. You, the fan, get to vote on this at blackandgoldbanneret.com. Follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore um, banneret. So uh, here are the awards we're going to be um, giving out. We're, we're going to give out Male Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year, Coach of the Year, Team of the Year, Comeback Athlete of the Year, Breakout Athlete of the Year, Senior Leader of the Year, which is a new one that we've come up with uh, this year, Newcomer of the Year, doesn't necessarily have to be a freshman, by the way, um, Game, okay, and then, the, and then the fun ones, right? Game of the Year, Play of the Year, Moment of the Year, and Performance of the Year. All right, so we'll all have the chance to, to you'll all have the chance now, to vote on these. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. What's up? Now, my concern is now last year was really good because I mean it was very you know there was a lot of different sports that got recognized and everything. My concern mm-hmm. is that football is going to dominate a lot of these awards. Uh, so, well, which is fine, <laughs> I get it, but I. Don't think it should take away from other participants' uh, performances well, either. Trust me when I tell you that it won't. And remember, this is why the this is why it's up to the fans. We're going to have the fans well. vote. And and look, I mean, listen, I I'm a believer. I'm a stubborn believer in democracy. I think that the people will make the right decision. Um, I don't know. You guys might not be, but I'm going in. I'm going in on it. I'm thinking that hey, 
I think that the people will actually um, be willing to pass out awards to non-football uh, athletes, especially when we talk about them uh, going forward. So um, we're going to hold male athlete and female athlete and team of the year to the end. All right. Um, uh, let's see. So what we're going to start with here is uh, coach of the year. All right. So this is going to be I'm sure this this will probably be a good example of this because I have a funny feeling about how the UCF fans are going to vote on this. <laughs> All right. You ready? All right. Here we go. We're just going to discuss each one. I'm going to give the four nominees out. And then we'll just discuss each of them and then and then we'll tell which one each of us are voting for. All right. So the four nominees or coach of the year are Scott Frost, football, Brian Canico, women's tennis, Becky Kramer in rowing. And Coach Abe, Katie Abrahamson Henderson in women's basketball. Over Sahadak. Uh I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go going over so okay, so okay, so all right, I'll, this is why we'll do this. I will let you convince me of well, why Tiffany Roberts Sahadak over Coach Abe. All right. I think Sahadak won a conference championship, let her team in Granted the top regular 10. season. Uh, yeah, right. they won the regular season. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. You host, you're a top 10 team in the country. You beat North Carolina. You got a chance to host in the NCAA tournament. I think that trumps what Coach Abe did. I mean, no disrespect, but WNIT is what it is. I mean, that's not the hardest yeah. thing to accomplish. See, see, this a is a nice year. So he did a great job. But, this is the hard part about this is that, like, I, I'm limited to four nominees. If I could do five, I would do five, but I'm limited to four. Brian, what do you Wait, think? Why, why, why are you limited to four? Because of Twitter polls. <laughs> oh, Twitter limits you to four? Yeah. That's, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's what we're dealing with so here. Can Murph so. be the tiebreaker in this? Murph maybe can be the tiebreaker. Unless Murph, Murph what wants you, to go off the board. Murph, what do you think? I'll, 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 I'll give you this. Okay, women's soccer last year. Uh, they just released their 2018 schedule, by the way. Last last year, they were 13-2-3, 7-0-2 in the conference. Obviously defeated North Carolina. Um, uh, did not win the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship, won the regular season championship. Uh, right. Lost in the first round of the NCAA Tournament. Women's basketball last year, 22-11, 12-4 in conference. Uh, fell in the semifinals of the American Athletic Conference Championship, got to the WNIT, advanced to the second round, and lost to Alabama there. So, um, so Murph, what say you? And and not only so, you're telling me that there's a there's a team that won a conference championship and made the tournament, and who, if I remember correctly, their best win of the season came against a top three national team. Yeah. Uh, so that too, I don't remember who UCF beat, but I'm pretty sure it was they competed. They competed against UConn. I remember that, but like they didn't beat anybody phenomenal right. that I remember. Mm. So you know what? I, so, I I stand convinced. I stand convinced. All right, yeah. we will yeah. put Tiffany yeah. Roberts Sahadak in as the four. So so the four nominees for Coach of the Year: Scott Frost, Brian Canico, R- Becky Kramer, and Tiffany uh, Roberts Sahadak. So. Um, who are you guys uh, going to vote for? Murph, we'll start with you. It's by far the most interesting category of the of of, of all of them uh, for obvious reasons, and uh, for obvious reasons. Well, I, no, it's not obvious, but I should say I would go with Scott Frost just because he he literally like put the program like on the map, and it's the program that everybody you know cares about and wants to care about, and they're kind of undefeated, which is kind of okay. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's it's Scott Frost, but uh, I, I will say you, you can't overlook what what happened with women's tennis this year and Brian Kaneko. But it's it's going to be Scott Frost. It should be Scott Frost. I think if it was a normal year, I would say Brian Kaneko for what the, he's done with women's tennis. We've had him on the podcast. It's remarkable making the tournament for the first time since 2002, uh, getting him to the NCAA tournament, win a match, get to the second round. That's phenomenal. But you can't go against a football coach that went undefeated. And I know some fans don't like to hear this, but Scott Frost was a big reason why they went undefeated and uh, really set the program incredible, incredible year, one of the most memorable years. So I agree with Murph. You got to go with Scott Frost. It'll be interesting how the fans vote on that. Um, yeah. You know, because obviously the way he left. And what's interesting is, and maybe we'll get into this later, is a bonus poll might be which former UCF coaches are UCF fans more willing to you know root for? Because there's a few right now mm. out there. Interesting. But, uh, I'm going. I'm going with Frost. Okay. Um, here's ha- here's my take on it. I think Scott Frost should win. I don't think he will. Um, it, it, because I still think that the fans will have quite a bit of animosity towards him for how he left. You know, who I would like to see win. Becky Kramer, head coach of the rowing team, four consecutive conference championships. I mean, that's you want to talk about if you're looking for the answer, who's the most dominant program on campus? It's rowing. And it's and it's not close. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, that's why if if they're not going to vote for Scott Frost, they should, well, first of all, I think, you know, vote for whoever you want for for whoever you want. I hope that Becky um you know, get some, get some, get some votes here because she deserves. But Brian Canico, man, what a job he did at women's tennis this year. By the way, I mean, yeah. let, let's pour one out for him too. So your coach of the year nominations again: Scott Frost to football, Brian Canico women's tennis, Becky Kramer rowing, and Tiffany Robert Sahadak uh, women's soccer. All right, let's do some individual awards with athletes, and uh, we're going to hold off on male and female athlete of the year and. <clears throat> team of the year till the end. Let's do comeback athlete of the year. We have three nominees, and I, I reserve one spot open to see see if there's any way. So comeback athlete of the year, pretty much exactly what you think it is. Um, you know, somebody who you know maybe had some injuries, maybe struggled a little bit, finally you know came back, had a good year. Uh, these are my three nominees. I got Zakia Saunders of women's basketball, Cree Finfrock of baseball. And Kayla Adamek of women's soccer. Um, Eric, I will toss to you. Uh, who would you vote for here, or did I miss anybody? Well, let me throw this one at you. Here. Okay. And this is going to – let me let, hear me out on this. Mackenzie Milton, and I'll tell you why. What was the – you and I were at the – Citrus Bowl. I'm always going to call it the Citrus Bowl, but it's now the can you know whatever the stadium's called. We need, now, we need one of those stadium. T-shirts that they advertise. It's like I still call it the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So he was at the Cure Bowl, right? And you remember how he got booed off the yeah. field, basically booed off the field, and, and during the game too, <laughs> right? And and there were I remember he got he he had to sit out a play, and they brought in Holman, and there was this big crowd of standing ovation, and then when he came back, they booed him and. I remember, Jeff, I mean, it's so simple. I mean, we're so short-minded. There were a lot of people that wondered if he would be the, you know, was he the answer at quarterback? There were a lot of skeptics. Yeah. And That was one of our preseason you know, were, questions, remember, Brian? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And to overcome all that and to have the year that he did where he finished in the top ten in the Heisman Trophy, I mean, that's a pretty heck of a comeback of the year there to be a guy that 
you know, was not a fan favorite to now being the face of the program. Uh, so I would say that's a heck of a comeback uh, to come back from that. But so well, if you're looking for a fourth candidate, that is. Um, maybe because he's not coming back from injury for six. I think what Jeff's getting at here is that a guy, from, a player or athlete coming back from injury. Maybe well, Zakia, Zakia didn't come back from an injury either. She just had to sit out a year. Okay. So maybe, but maybe for McKenzie, because he played, I mean, he sure. played in, in his, in his freshman year, he's more of maybe a, a breakout athlete of the year. Okay. But again, okay. it's amazing how we, we, we've thought of, we, we like, we thought of like these, these nominees we thought about like a week ago. Now we're like, no, nah, change them. Change them <laughs> on the fly. That's why we're doing this for a living. All right. Yeah. Um, my vote is for Kayla Adamek. And uh, and the reason why is because she suffered a – first of all, it wasn't the first time that this happened either. Uh, she suffered a devastating knee injury in 2016. Um, came back this year. She's a redshirt senior, one of the most beloved players on the team, insanely hard worker. Um, you know, she missed her sophomore season due to a bad injury back in 2014. She was Back in 2013, she was All-American Athletic Conference All-Rookie Team and the second-leading goal scorer on the team as well. Um, first team in 2015, the year after after the injury. Last year, she was preseason All-Conference, 16 games, bang, another injury. She gets knocked out for the seat. And, and that really, I thought, hurt UCF down the stretch. This year, Conference Midfielder of the Year, first team, um, started all 18 games, she was all Southeast region, 10 goals on the season. She really was uh, um, a, a, a really key player on UCF women's soccer this year. Um, I think, you know, due respect, obviously, to all the other nominees, Cree Finfrock, I know you can talk about him a little bit, Murph, but she should be the runaway winner of the year on this, don't you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I, I mean Cree, I'll talk about Cree, but I don't know if he's to be the winner here. Cree obviously coming back from a torn labrum. He missed all of last season after, uh, and you know, two years ago he was the team's Friday night starter. Uh, missed all of last season due to shoulder injury. Came back this year. They didn't really know what to expect out of him. They started him out in the bullpen, and he was actually dynamite in the bullpen right away from from the opening series against uh, Virginia and Rice, and, and he was great. They moved him into the rotation, and for a stretch there, he was their best starter. Um, probably the highlight of his season was he basically pitched better than Shane McClanahan at U- at USF. Um, uh, you know uh, when they were down there against the against the Bulls, but he didn't he didn't really have you know a, a fantastic season. And and again, unlike with Kayla, the impact of Cree Finfrock didn't really go anywhere for this team. Like this team ended up missing the tournament. It did underachieve for you know baseball. The baseball team underachieved, so I think that plays into it too. I, I, you know, just because that that team didn't go much further, his value to what he did is not expressed as well as it could have been. Okay, so those are your comeback athlete of the year nominees: uh, Zakia Saunders. I go with Adam Lake, by the way, as well. I yeah. agree with you, Joe. Cree Finfrock and Kale Adamek. All right, breakout athlete of the year. This is the one that I think that we could probably um, talk a little bit more about: Mackenzie Milton. Um, he is one of the nominees, along with Traquan Smith, his uh, his teammate on football, Kaylee Jones of women's golf, who was just an outstanding performer uh, for that team, and Zakia Saunders of 
women's basketball. I know I got two football players in there. Um, feel free to talk me out of one of them for somebody else. Oh, uh, this is a tough one because we had some pretty good breakout performances this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Murph, I'll defer. Do you think Montgomery didn't make a big enough break- breakthrough there, or, or anybody there on the baseball you think should be considered on this list? Or are you comfortable with leaving the baseball guys out of this list there? I'm fine with leaving the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, come on now. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, I love JJ Montgomery, and he was phenomenal, and and at points, very, very like eye opening how good he was. Like he he was extremely good, but you know, again, that that team's ultimate results kind of hurts anybody's standing that, as far as like you see, know. I don't think it should. I you know, if he, if JJ Montgomery was good, let's let's get, let's give him some credit for that, right? I mean, it's, well, I know. Okay, well, I know you don't want to have two players from one sport in the same category. And even though we've got that going on right now with, with Trey Quan and McKenzie. So if you want to put JJ in there in place of one of those two, well, you can, I, I will uh, actually, I'm going to use my softball card. Murph, I did this a lot last year. So I will tend from time to time, use my softball card here. I will take out Trey Quan because Trey Quan, I don't know if he broke through. Everybody knew Trey Quan. I mean, yeah, we knew he was good, but, but he, he, he really did have league. a spectacular year this year. Even, you know, even compared to the other years that he had, sure. but go, okay. Play your um, softball card. Go for it. I'm going to go Denali Schopacher. Freshman, came in, basically took the leadoff spot, ended up being first-team all-conference, played a tremendous outfield. If you're looking for a breakthrough, uh, that's a pretty good breakthrough because nobody really thought that, you know, she would come. And, you know, obviously we have other awards with newcomers. I think she should be considered. But Team's leading I, hitter, 340, started, yeah, 50, started yeah. 55 games, uh, 12, so, yeah, 12 I, ribbies. I, yeah, okay. So I would put her in in the slot for Traquan. With that being said, I mean, obviously the winner is going to be Milton. Milton, obviously, breakthrough uh, to be a Heisman candidate, run that offense like he did. I mean, nobody thought he'd be that good. Uh, and, you know, it was obviously a big part of the reason why they had the year they had. So I would, he's going to get the vote. But if you're looking for a new candidate, yeah, I would put Schopacher. Uh, Zakia was fantastic, too. I mean, without her, they would not have had oh, the yeah. year they did. So let's Team's throw a leading out score. There. I mean, she and, – and, and obviously I'm, you know, I'm throwing – uh, I, I'm, I might throw my vote toward Kaylee Jones, actually. I mean, I, just the, the job that she did for women's golf leading that team in uh, her first year. I mean, it was really outstanding. So, Zakia Saunders, Kaylee Jones, Denali Schopacher, Mackenzie Milton, breakout athlete of the year. You guys are cool with that? That's fine. Sounds about right to yeah. me. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a new award I wanted to put out there um, this year. Senior Leader of the Year. This is a guy that... This is for a guy or a gal uh, who maybe they weren't the best player on their team. Maybe they were, but they were they sort of epitomized what a senior leader uh, should be uh, in uh, for for their program. So here are my four nominees. Uh, and again, feel free. Go ahead. Can we, can we make a disclaimer of like, can we, can we first say, like, by the way, Shaquem Griffin's not on this list. Okay, Shaquem Griffin's not on this list. He's on a later list, however. Okay. Right, right. That's, that's the reason why. Here, yeah, here's, a, here's, if you're, if, yeah, if you're if you're out there saying why isn't Shaquem Griffin a nominee for every award, it's because a we didn't want him to be a nominee for every award, and b because he's a nominee for Male Athlete of the Year. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, senior Leader of the Year. Here we go. AJ Davis of men's basketball. Kia Bright of volleyball. Shaquan Burkett. Of football and Courtney Roten of softball. Wow, I'm going to surprise you on this one. Okay. I'm going to surprise you on this one. 
I would take out Courtney. I, you got to put Zakia Saunders on this one because that's my vote. Huh, uh, okay. I've talked to Abe. Abe says she's the leader on this court. Uh, watching her, the way she led that team vocally with the basketball, I think she should definitely be on this list. And I actually might vote for her as a senior because she's one of the best leaders I've ever seen at UCF of any sport, uh, let alone women's basketball. And even, you know, talking to Abe when I've, I have had a chance to do a few games for the American Digital Network, and she, she was. She's like a second coach. She's like a coach on the court. I mean, she's okay. absolutely what you would want in a senior leader. Murph, what say you? Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll spend my time talking about A.J. Davis because, you know, that team, again, it was another tough season for men's basketball with just injury after injury after injury after injury. And right, you know, before the season started even, even A.J. wasn't immune to that. He had some knee problems, uh, you know, at midway point of the year. Um, I thought he was just a tremendous leader for that squad when really they needed it, especially when B.J. Taylor was out. Um, they needed someone to lead him, and, and he's not a rah-rah guy at all. But um, the, the 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 his play on the floor was phenomenal. He did everything he, he, you could possibly do for that team, um, and uh, I, I thought he pretty much exemplified what this what this category is about. So for me, I'd lean toward AJ Davis. Okay, all right. Um, my you know I, I'm I'm flirting with the idea of voting for. Shaquan Burkett, just based on the trajectory of his career. I mean, nearly left football, decided to come back. Uh, you know, a, a guy who's married with two kids. And mm-hmm. um, that moment of him, you know, running back that interception that basically won the game against Auburn. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of, you know, a, a moment in recent UCF football history that really made you more proud for a particular guy than that. Uh, I mean, Kia Bright, wow. I mean, she put the volleyball team on her back last year, uh, much the same way that A.J. Davis did for men's basketball. But uh, I, think that I, I think that Eric's right. I, I would probably have to vote for Zakia Saunders uh, in this. So Senior Leader of the Year nominees, A.J. Davis of uh, men's basketball, Kia Bright volleyball, Chaquan Burkett of football, Zakia Saunders women's basketball. Uh, I feel so bad because, like, because there's really so many people who you could nominate for these. We can only sure. have like a maximum of four, um, yeah. and, and, and you know, I, I mean, we're going to screw this up in a couple of ways. Right, and, like Matias. We didn't. Yeah, we couldn't even fit in Matias from men's soccer, who was, uh, right. who was in his last but, year. But again, year we have, right. but we have him in another nominee as well. So I tried to be as sure. equitable as happen, as I could in terms of not repeating nominees. So and and we'll and uh, and that'll bear itself out toward the end here. So. Um, all right, let's go to newcomer of the year. Uh, you need not be a freshman, obviously. That's the word newcomer. Um, uh, somebody who just made a splash in their first year, uh, in, in their first year on campus. Here, here are the four nominees that I saw. Uh, and uh, again, this is a, this is a category where we have two nominees from one sport. Uh, Mike Hughes for football. I mean, talk about what a newcomer can do, right? Um, the two nominees for one sport, Christina Fisher and Anne-Marie Watson of volleyball, who were outstanding performers last year for the volleyball team. And then uh, a really surprising one here, but shouldn't be when you look at the numbers, Rebecca Stolmar of uh, women's tennis. Rebecca Stolmar's record this year um, was beyond outstanding uh, um, for Brian Canico's team. She finished the year 21-2. and 21 and 2 in singles. 
Um, and uh, I mean, what can you say about that, right? So those are your four nominees. Talk me out of any of them. Newcomer of the year, go. Brian, who do you think? I mean, uh, it's uh, I understand all the bona the bona bona fides for everybody in that list, but you know it's June, and if you go back twelve months, Mike Hughes still isn't on the UCF football team for another two months, mm-hmm. and in that period of time, in the in those last not even ten months, just in those five months he was on the squad, he worked himself into being uh, the one of the stars of that defense. Uh, the author of a play that we'll talk about later in the show. Yep. And a first round NFL draft pick. And I, I just don't know how you have that much of an impact in such a short amount of time. It's it's pretty un- it seems uncanny. So he gets my vote. Lopez. I would throw shot Parker in there. You could decide which one you want to take out uh, for the reasons I mentioned earlier about her impact as a newcomer uh, as a freshman, too. But I agree with Murph. I mean, Hughes is the winner on this one regardless. Uh, the most memorable kickoff return in the history of UCF football. I mean, uh, you know, to make really being that final piece in the cornerback position for that defense. Uh, yeah. That's the definition of a newcomer. One, I mean, what an impact. Yeah. Um, I, I want to keep I, – I, I can't emphasize enough how much Christina Fisher and Anne-Marie Watson really meant to volleyball, and ha- especially – Early in the season, I mean, the, the coaching staff just raved about the both of them, especially Anne-Marie Watson, who they wanted to redshirt. And she, in practice, basically, <laughs> the way she played what was t- what t- told the coaching staff, no, <laughs> you're going to play me because I'm the, be- I- I'm the best option that you have at this position. Um, and she really was uh, remarkable. So... Um, so, so Eric, you're thinking that we should probably move one of the volleyball players out in favor of, uh, Denali Schottbacher. Is that what you're, is that what you're telling me? I mean, that's your option to you. It's up to you. You can move one of those three. I mean, obviously no, no, we're deciding this by committee. We're, 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 cause yeah, we're, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if we, you know, I mean, if you want to balance it out, yeah, I would say take, you got to take one of the volleyball players out probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Hmm. Gosh, which one? I mean, Christina Fisher had the better overall year. Anne-Marie Watson was really impressive. Um, I hate doing this, but... Well, is it... Wait, isn't... Wasn't Chop Hawker... Uh, wasn't she already in another category? Didn't we she, already add She was in category? another category, yeah. She was in uh, Breakout Athlete of the Year. I feel like... Because we now... I think we also have Zakia Saunders in two categories as well now. We do, we do. But I'm okay That's with okay. that. But okay, I'm okay, okay. With I'm just making sure. Just making yeah. sure. Up to um, you. Yeah, I'll defer to you on this because I think at the end of the day, it won't matter as big as just I think Murph. Yeah. I agree with Murph, and I okay. think Hughes is going to win. So, this, but all right, so so that's so then so then let's let's keep let's let's stand pat where we are. Um, all right. So uh, now we're, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll have this. We'll have we'll have the events awards, uh, including game of the year, play of the year, moment of the year, performance of the year, and then the three big ones. The Male Athlete and Female Athlete of the Year and the Team of the Year. Stick around. The Banny's Nomination Show here at the, here at the uh, Black and Gold Banneret Podcast will be back after this. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, 
And he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give him a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WeSellOrlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. All right, welcome back to the 2018 Bannies Nomination Show here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you, uh, along with Brian Murphy. Uh, we've got, uh, we went through the uh, individual awards, except for the big individual awards, uh, in the first part of the show. Now we're going to go through the, sort. we call them like the moment awards, uh, which are the, the sort of the events that we're going to talk about. Um, again, we're going to be putting these up on Twitter. You can vote on them on the next for the next week. Uh, the Banny Awards will show will take place uh, a week from. Uh, uh, we're going to put it up on Thursday. Um, uh, I'm thinking late Thursday, uh, June 21st uh, is when we're going to have it. So, uh, in the meantime, vote early, vote often, and uh, here we go. Blackandgoldbanner.com. All right. First of these event awards, Play of the Year. Now, I know which one everyone's probably going to get, probably going to vote for, just due to its significance. But let's just hear out some of the other ones. We have, uh, and again, now, in this nominee show, you guys can, Brian and Eric, you guys can talk me out of one uh, in favor of another. But I have three football plays and one baseball play. All right? Uh the three football plays are Mike Hughes' kickoff return touchdown versus USF, which won the USF game and everything that was riding on that. Trey Neal's interception against Memphis to end the American Athletic Conference championship game. And Adrian Killens' 96-yard touchdown run school record against East Carolina. Another play of the year. This one actually made the Sports Center top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Brody Wofford's catch over yeah. the wall. Uh, against uh, uh, against Cincinnati, that one um, made play of the year. That one, I think, is a very worthy nominee. Eric, tell me I'm wrong on one of them. What should we swap out? Uh, I don't know if I would swap anybody out there. What about the list. triple play? Which triple play? The trip, the the softball triple play. 
Well, that was last year. That oh, that was last Bane's year. Okay. Last year. That would be last year. Ah, that's right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Forget I said any of that. Go ahead. Um, well, now let me let me ask you this: What's describe the definition of play? Like, for example, like the golden goal, the, the overtime goal that UCF scored against North Carolina, which you and I were. Would that qualify mm-hmm. as a play of the year? Sure. Why not? Because uh, uh, if you're looking for a fourth nominee, I would probably uh, would throw that in there. Uh, I'm trying to remember men's basketball. If anything jumped out, I know the Wichita State game was wild. Murph, was, was there? I'm trying to remember if there was any specific plays though that jumped yeah, out. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to think of one there too, and I couldn't think of like you know like I thought of some moments like the Alabama win or the Wichita State game in total, but there weren't like right. a there wasn't yeah. like a play that stood out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would agree with that. There wasn't, there wasn't uh, a spectacular I, 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 dunk or a buzzer beater I, 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 or any will, of that. I, I, I will give you a play that maybe you could swap. I would actually – it sounds weird. I would take the killings play out and put the play from the Navy game when the fumble. Remember the, the Milton had thrown the interception. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That was Bam Moore, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that play that's should be – That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Now, now I, I think that – okay. I still think that Christine Creighton's golden goal to beat UNC in double overtime needs to be in there. Okay. Okay. The question is, do we, uh, now, I swapped that out for Killens's touchdown run. Uh, okay. The question is, do we knock out the Trey Neal interception or the Brody Wofford catch for that hit? Ooh. Well, I, I mean, I would try to swap out one of the football plays because otherwise, this is nothing but football, and it's kind of getting carried away. Um, but like, what's what's the more sig- okay? So, so uh, how do you want to? Ar- how do we argue this? Like, in terms of significance, yeah. the quality of the play, like, like what's the bigger play? I, is it Trey Neal's interception, Mike Hughes's kickoff return, or Bam Moore's tackle against Navy? I, mean, I think they're all. I mean, I mean, they're all there. I think. I mean, I, yeah. you can't take away the Neil play. I mean, that won the championship. I mean, that's going to be my vote. Actually, is the interception by Trey Neal because that was the moment where you just realized you won the American Conference title and you're going to the Peach Bowl. Uh, and certainly, the Hughes play is a play that everybody's going to remember that it was on that field. You and I were on the field, Murph, when that happened, and that place went bonkers. Uh, so you can't take those two plays out. You mean um, the you mean the play that Sports Illustrated. The play of the the play in the game that Sports Illustrated said was like the best game of the year and whatever okay. and all that stuff like yeah yeah, yeah that kind of thing. okay all right so I I don't know yeah I mean, I, I I, I oh. hear you on the Bam Moore hit but I just don't think it dents uh you know into it, it, it dents either one of those two I, let me okay. also oh, speak. Let me yeah. also speak some piece on the on the Killens run. Okay, that was that was for me for me the moment in which because it was early in the year against Memphis, right? That was the, the moment, Memphis. yeah, Memphis, yeah. yeah, really early in which you saw that this team was there's something different about this team because I, I I remember watching that run and as soon as he cut through uh, he split two defenders to get out into the open and I saw him run and I said to myself I've never I'd never seen anything like that in a UCF game from a UCF player. Yeah, I'd never seen that sort of play, and that sort of turned me on. Like, there's something different about this team than than what I had seen previously from my years of watching this team, this program. Uh, I feel like that, you know, the play like in the game, like it was the second quarter, it extended a lead, it was the second week of the regular season. But what that play sort of uh, 
foretold. I just felt like that, that that's the impact of that play. Like that was really like the, the moment which you realized this team was, was different. Mm. Well, I you st- can make the argument that football play of the year maybe should be a separate category. Yeah, this year maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's where everyone, because I mean, if I don't mention the BAM hit, I mean, peep, that was a big deal because that was, uh, I mean, everybody was talking about that. First of all, that was a so, great hit and a critical uh, moment in a close game, mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. may, maybe so, I'll put that one up there as a football play of the year, but that'll be like a separate one that we won't have as part of the awards, whatever. We'll, we'll go rogue on vote, that one. I, I'm going to vote Trey Neal, even though I think Hughes will win the vote. I'm going to go Trey Neal because, again, to make that interception, to win the – because. Who knows? If he doesn't make that play, who knows yeah. what happens? By the way, um, the thing that I think does, doesn't get talked about enough on that play is he's getting blocked yeah. as the as yep. the play is happening. Like, go back and watch that play in slow motion. He's getting picked on the play by the Memphis tight end who puts both of his hands like right in the middle of Trey's chest. Yep. And then yep. Riley Ferguson throws to a spot, and Trey somehow turns – and picks off the ball. It's really a spe- it, when when you watch it in slow motion, you see what what is being done to Trey Neal at the instant he picks off that pass. It's an amazing play. By the way, I need to write. I have to mention this play, otherwise we're going to get killed on the message boards. Oh boy, Mackenzie Milton, Peach Bowl. Remember the play where he duked and threw the touchdown, and they showed the the clip on television where Josh yeah. Heifel and Danny White had their jaw. I mean, that has to be brought up too. Was- I mean, that was a there was a great – I mean, yes, great play. I mm-hmm. I think in the Peach Bowl, the bigger play was Jaquan Burkett's pick. Yeah, you can make that argument too. Right. It's another great play. Yeah. Right, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm Gosh, serious. I'm not, I think you can make an argument that the football play of the year this year probably should be on a separate category because there is a ton. I mean, that, that, yeah. that's uh, – which obviously when you have a, an undefeated season, that happens. But there were yeah. some – this ordinary plays. This is the problem that, that we run into, right? <laughs> anyway, that's a heck of a we're, problem. I'm we're sure going to keep it. We're going to keep it to Mike Hughes' kickoff return, Trey Neal's pick, Brody Wofford's catch against Cincinnati, uh, and Christine Creighton's golden goal against UNC. Those are our four nominees for play of the year. I'm fine with it. I feel at peace because I did mention the other play. So now the the mess, you know, the message boards don't kill me. <laughs> so uh, we're maybe, taking the we're taking the Killens play out, or we're making that yeah, separate we're, category. Yeah, we're taking the Killens play out. Okay. Taking the okay. kills play out. All right. Now, maybe the message boards will kill us on this one, which is going to be moment of the year. Um, again, probably going to be a runaway, but here's what I've got. Football wins the Peach Bowl, completes their undefeated season against Auburn. Moment of the year. Mm-hmm. Rowing, winning its fourth consecutive American Athletic Conference title and sweeping the American rowing championships. Women's tennis reaching the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2002. Longest on-campus drought uh, for any sport in the NCAAs. Women's tennis finally broke through. Those are the three that I have right now. What am I missing? Um, I, 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 well, I'll, I'll just say that I think the more appropriate title for this category is probably achievement of the year. But I, I understand why you went for moment because moment sounds more urgent. Uh so that's me nitpicking. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this. I'll throw this one out there. How, how about again? We talked about the Christine Creighton goal for Play of the Year. Women's soccer beating North Carolina at home. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I mean, if you want to uh, throw that one in there for a moment of the year, the celebration afterwards beating North Carolina, I think that's right up there. You could yeah. argue the Trey Neal play could count as that as well because the emotion <laughs> of winning the lead. 
I'm telling you. We're just going to keep coming back to that, aren't we? <laughs> where's Where's my Cuban Cameron turn against the US? Right, right, right. I mean, it's just it's it's good. I mean, we're going to get killed on this, but you're right. I mean, it, those. I mean, we've had a lot of great plays. I mean, it I, was I just, just I just think that the, the the moment of UCF winning the Peach Bowl, beating Auburn, completing the undefeated season, sure, sure, completing sure. the dare I say national championship so, the, season. So is the moment. Is the moment when you got that interception in the end zone and just, you realize you're about to win the Peach Bowl? Is that where yeah, we're going to go with? Just, just UCF winning the Peach Bowl. Can we? Moment yeah, of the year. Let's. Can we not speak Antoine Collier's name into existence on this podcast? If we're talking about Trey Neal and Shaquan Burkett, we should also remember. Did. We should also remember who like had the the ultimate play in that game, which was Antoine Collier making that interception. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. forgets that yep. on on a broken play. Uh, yeah. And he was in the right place at the right time. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and yeah, I mean, geez, there's another one for our eight nominee long football play of the year <laughs> rogue poll that we're going to have. Um, all right, so these are the four for a moment of the year then. Football winning the Peach Bowl, completing the undefeated season. Rowing sweeping the American, winning their fourth straight conference title. Women's tennis re- reaching the NCAAs for the first time since 2002. And women's soccer beating North Carolina in two overtimes. Um, are, do either of you guys have a case for anything other than the Peach Bowl? It's hard to it's hard to top that. I, it, like, it really is. Yeah, it I really would have is. to. Be, uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, it's the biggest. It's the biggest achievement in the biggest program on the campus. Like, yeah. what? What? I leave it to. I'll leave, yeah. We'll leave it to the fans to decide that one. Uh, okay. As we will with all of them. Um, now, performance of the year. This is a this this can be a team or an individual or um, just uh, someone rises to the occasion. Right, usually right when it's needed, and puts together a virtuoso performance. Here are my four nominees: Shaquem Griffin in the Peach Bowl had his best uh, performance of the year. I think he had two and a half sacks and twelve tackles. Is that right? Murph, something like that. He was all I know is that he was all over the place in that game, and it was his. I thought his best game as a UCF Knight in his final game as UCF Knight. The women's doubles team of Maria Martinez and Ksenia Kuznetsova reaching the NCAA's in doubles as a team. UCF uh, making the NCAA doubles tournament. Um after the great year that they had. Uh, Their performance all year is up there. (coughs) Excuse me. Men's golf finishing second in the NCAA regionals, going minus 30 relative to par. That's the second lowest score to par in school history. And this is one of my favorites. I'm so glad we got this one on there. Gabby Durant of Women's Track and Field setting a school record in the hammer throw with a throw of 200 feet and six inches. Now, it, we don't see school records being uh, you know, happening very often, but Gabby, uh, the, the Gabby Durant one's my favorite because yeah. track and field never gets enough love. The field events never get enough love in terms of track and field. I want to vote for Gabby Durant. Um, are there other performances that you think that we should – Trade one of the uh, trade one of these out for, and who are you guys voting for? Brian, we'll start with you. No, I agree. I agree with you, Jeff. Um, because at some point, 
you just you're sort of sick of lauding the football program. Uh, I don't want to right. be. I don't want wow. that to be the reason. I want that to be because Gabby Durant earned it, and she she earned it with that throw. School record, I, man. Right, and again, like again, it doesn't get enough respect. No respect. Way. Um, you're right. You're right, though. By the way, I looked it up. She came at twelve tackles, uh, six solo, six assists, one and a half sack, three and a half tackles for loss. One and a half sacks. Um, okay. I was close. Um, but regardless, like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's a school record, which is like in any sport in any discipline, like it's pretty big news it's just a major accomplishment that doesn't get enough respect so i feel like just for like you know hey just a little bit just like just recognize it a little bit so i'm i'm cool with that like shakim shakim was great but he's also nominated for like three other awards <laughs> this thing. and so like including one that we're point, going to get to here in a second <laughs> at, you know Tit- titanic didn't win everything it was nominated for in 1997 i don't think UC football needs to either eric seemed that way uh, I will throw a nomination. Okay. Aliyah White, UCF against Florida, number four ranked team in the country. Uh, 1,236 record crowd at the complex. Throws a one hit shutout to beat Florida, one nothing. Is becomes only the third pitcher ever to shut out Florida. Second in the complex, first win for UCF in six years, and she shut him down to one hitter. No, no UCF pitchers ever given up fewer hits against Florida than Aaliyah White in front of a record crowd. And she said to her team prior to the game, as they were training uh, and uh, doing weights, we got this game tonight. She called her shot. She gets the win. I would put her on the list. I would take the men's golf team, because that's more of a team, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, you know, great team, and they could be on the team of the year type of conversation. But as far as individual performances, I would put her in there and take out the men's golf. Okay. All right. You know what? I agree with you, Eric. There you go. So, Leah White on performance of the year, her one-hit shutout against Florida in front of a sold-out crowd. All right. Here we go, boys. This is the this is the big three. Fe- male Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year, and Team of the Year. We're going to start ladies first because we're gentlemen like that. Female Athlete of the Year. Here are your four nominees right now. Talk me into or out of any of them. Uh, who do you vote for? All right, here we go. Kaylee Jones of women's golf. Rosie Chamberlain of cross-country track and field. Morgan Ferrara of women's soccer. And Kia Bright of volleyball. Am I missing anybody? Well, I mean, again, Aaliyah was in the, finished in the top ten in the country in wins. Uh, threw a top ten in innings pitch. So I think you can make an argument for her to be on that list. Hmm. My vote goes towards Morgan, though, because that was the big thing. It seemed like when UCF women's soccer was rolling, the hashtag would be more goals, right? More goals. Yeah. With Morgan Ferreira, who was the player of the year, an amazing offensive weapon. So I would vote for her for female athlete yeah. of the year. By the way, a and, beloved, beloved person yeah. in the entire UCF yep. athletic department. Uh, and with yeah. good reason. Morgan is just an unbelievable person. Um I hear you on the Aaliyah White thing and, and what she did for softball. I guess the hard part is, who do you who do you replace on that list? Well, what's the list again? Kaylee Jones in women's golf, Rosie Chamberlain of cross country track and field, uh, Kia Bright of volleyball, Morgan Ferrara of women's soccer. Well, I think it's going to be a White versus uh, Kia Bright debate. I okay. think that's what it's going to come down to. All right, Merck's let me let me. 
let me put let me make the case for uh, for Kia Bright here um, in uh, in UCF volleyball. Now, mind you, this is a year after Jayla Hervey, who had a 500 kill season, um, left for UCF, and we and we know that you know what she what Kia Bright did individually coming back from uh, the injuries that she had. This year, in 34 matches, all of them starts, she, was, she put up 489 kills uh, to go uh, on 1,351 attempts, 255 percentage, uh, and, uh, and really was a spectacular senior leader for uh, UCF Volleyball. In a season that was really kind of an up-and-down season, but UCF finished still with 20 wins, um, and she, but she still completed, uh, but she, she kept UCF really going throughout the entire year. Very young team for UCF Volleyball this year. They relied on a number of freshmen in the regular lineup, and she provided the leadership, not to mention uh, that you could just run the offense through her the entire time. Um, what say you, Brian Murphy? Will Lake you be the tiebreaker? Well, let me let me let me throw my case before Murph votes. I mean, I you know my case for Leah is twenty five wins. UCF had thirty four as the team. <clears throat> twenty five of the thirty four with with Aaliyah White through mm-hmm. two hundred and sixty six innings. Top five in the country in innings pitched. Top twenty in wins. Top twenty in shutouts. I mean, she carried the pitching staff big time and got him in the position. She beat Florida. Top three in the American Conference, which finished top four in the country in college softball and art in conference rankings, made uh, all region, made all conference. That's my case. Hmm. Kia Bright, by the way, fourth in the American in kills, uh, in kills per set, I should say, at three point eight five. Her uh, four eighty nine total was second in the conference overall, behind Emily Thorson of Tulsa. What say you, Brian Murphy? I like Eric's case for Aaliyah, but uh, have we decided whether or not she's are we moving her into this category? Or, or well, that's what you're deciding. You're deciding. You're the top. Yeah, it's up to you. Job. Don't I'm screw it deciding up. That. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Uh, no, uh, I mean, look, I, I love it, but I, I don't want to take anybody out of this category. I think they're all really well deserving, and so my my pick's probably Morgan Ferrara, um, just for what she did for that team and. And I like people that are good people. And I know that sounds vague, but like you say, like she's like the most well liked person. Uh, like, yeah, that's really cool. I like that. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> so, wait, are you keeping Kia Bright in and not putting in Aaliyah White? Is that I, what you're doing? What are you I doing? Think... See, see, now, see, now we've got a problem. Yeah, see, Eric's going Eric's to Eric's get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you. Dang. Come on. I, I, um... I thought you. All and bad. I thought you'd have our back, man. I, I, I love everybody. <laughs> See, okay, so here's 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 the other issue that we ran into. So Rosie Chamberlain, right? Track and field. Um, let's see where did I? Okay, oh, I just had her up on the roster. Okay, here uh, here she is. Rosie, by the way, senior from Exeter, England. All right, um, six top ten finishes in indoor. Um, Husker Invitational. She finished. She she finished first in the 800 meters with a 210.05. American Athletic Conference Indoor Track and Field Scholar Athlete of the Year. Um, uh, first in the 800 meter in the Black and Gold Challenge. By the way, the 800 meters an insanely hard race. Pepsi Relays top 10 finish in the 800 meter with a 
season best of 205-46 at the most prestigious event that UCF uh, participated in, uh, made it to the NCAA. So, um, hmm. I'm tempted to swipe uh, to swap out Aaliyah White uh, to swap out. Unfortunately, Rosie with Aaliyah. What do you think? I know Eric loves it. I'm all for it as long as Aaliyah's on the list. All right, that's, you yeah, right, that. yeah. All right. Um, my my apologies to to, to Rosie Chamberlain. Aaliyah. All right, we'll put Aaliyah White. White in this Twitter. White Twitter for only seriously. And listen, hey, listen. I and I'm fully fully. I will accept. By the way, if people reply back with more Rosie Chamberlains than anyone else, I'll, then Rosie Chamberlain gets the award, like right in votes. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. All right. So you, she should, gets, you should put you should put that in the post. You should be like, "There's also write in candidates available, and here yeah. who they are." That's what we'll do. All right. All right. Here we go. The uh, this this is best picture right here. This is uh, this is it. We, listen, we won't uh, we won't let uh, Warren Beatty screw up the screw up the envelope here. This is <laughs> this is the big award. This is Team of the Year. All right. These are the four nominees I have written down, and we'll finalize them based on what you what you guys think is the right thing to do. Uh, we will do. Uh, here's what we got: men's golf, women's tennis, football. And rowing. It's a good list. I mean, especially yeah. with I mean, just what I know about about rowing and tennis, like yeah. the, rowing and women's tennis and football season. have to be on there. I th- I think that the one yeah. you could debate is men's golf. Um, they finished second, got to the NCAA's for the NCAA finals tournament for the second year in a row, um, and, and did so in a very scrappy fashion too. They um, the, the way they made their way through, but. Um, I don't know. Lopez, what do you think? You know, I want to make the argument for women's soccer, but I can't really take anybody out there. I think the early loss, unfortunately, to Washington State, right, keeps them out of this list, right? Like, if they would have gone deeper in the NCAA tournament, they're probably on this list. But because they lost in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, like, I can't take men's golf out. They had a, I mean, they had an incredible postseason. Yeah. Same with rowing. So, unfortunately for them, that would be the only other team I would consider in the argument. Uh, but obviously, men's golf had a great postseason. I mean, that's a heck of an accomplishment in the regionals and the rowing winning the conference championship. Uh, Fourth consecutive conference championship, mind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then women's. Yeah, no, I, I think those are the four. That's the four. Mm. Brian? Yeah. I, well, I no, I agree with that. I wanted to bring up a bit of a related a related thing about, like, did you guys see that that the tweet that uh, UCF Knights put out today about – how UCF is one of only four FBS schools to have a winning record in every head-to-head sport, basically every sport yep. which you faced an opponent. It was Texas, Oklahoma State, FSU, and UCF. Wow. Only those four That's programs right. in the F- yeah, only those four programs in the FBS. Every program in a head-to-head sport had a winning record. Um, so, as we're talking about great teams of the year, there are a lot of good UCF teams uh, this past year, and it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, my vote goes for football. Okay. All right, Eric. Yeah, football. Football's getting the vote. Yeah, football's football's, football's, yeah. football's, <laughs> football's going to get kidding. the vote. Yeah, let's. I mean, I will I think... say this: if 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 football's <clears throat> a separate category, uh, which at this point, which is which is not, by like the way. But anyway, at, at this point, at this point, it's it's it's, it's own award show. It's a separate <laughs> award show. But but no, here's an interesting question: if we took football, I mean, football is the winner. Football's going to win this vote. They're the pick, obvious pick, no doubt. 
let's say football was not in this equation. Who would get the vote? Like, let I because I think it's a tough one to pick, right? Like rowing with the dominance, but then women's tennis coming out of nowhere to make the NCAA's for the I, first time in six years, and then men's golf with with you mentioned their performance in the NCAA tournament. If, if it wasn't for football, my vote like if we had ranked choice voting, right? I I would go with women's tennis. I think that the well, way that team performed <laughs> all year, um. The, the the coming out of nowhere to go to go to the NCAA's for the first time for that program in 16 years, um, Brian Canico, man, what a job! Yeah, I agree. Yeah, all right. That yeah. that would, but but that said, I mean, my vote is going to go for football. But well, obviously, yeah, I'm always I'm always open to having my mind changed. Anyway, um, all right. So there you have it. So we will put these all up on Twitter. Was that it? Really? That's that was it. the only wow. All right. So <clears> can, I, can I can I can I do? Can I can I bring up two uh, bonus uh, awards categories? However you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. Ideas? Oh 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 my God! You know, can I can I tell you guys one thing? I totally forgot one award. I, I thought that we were short. We are short. We were short one award. All right. So this so then this will be like you know I, you know what? I can't believe it. I pulled a Warren. So Beatty. Say, we didn't you did screw it, did we? <laughs> so you did screw it up, Warren Beatty. I Way did screw it. Up. No, we we uh, and and you know what? We didn't do. Yeah, actually, there's there's two of them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So okay, male athlete of the year. We forgot male athlete of the year because because I'm an idiot. Um, now Brian and Eric, I told you that we'd have our our opportunity for Shaquem Griffin. Boom, here he is. He's the first nominee. I've got Mackenzie Milton as a nominee. I've got Matias Puzolo of Men's Soccer as a nominee. Uh, and interestingly enough, try this one. A two-man team, the doubles team of Eero Vasa and Corey Lovett of Men's Tennis, who uh, made the NCAA um, doubles uh, championship. I think this is a slam dunk for Shaquem Griffin. Do respect to all the others. Yeah, because it's not only it's not only about like. By the way, he's a great player on the field. By the way, he's also the face of the program and a really awesome guy off the field. Yeah. And like his story became national. And the, this, yeah, he's he's the, he's, the fa- he's going to be the face of the athletic program for years to come. Yeah, you know, like like think about a guy like like, like who's. Like who's the face of an athletic like one athletic program that 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 just is is just synonymous with someone like you say like, like Vince like Young at Texas, Christian Leitner or Christian Leitner at Duke, um, mm-hmm. like Shaquem Griffin is that kind of guy for UCF. Yeah, yeah. I mean he I mean he was the dominant storyline in the draft. A lot of UCF fans were interested where he was going to go. Uh, I think you can make the argument that his number or, or he should be honored. Uh, Recognized, uh, yeah, I think it's no brainer. This is this is the year that he uh, defined, and, and I'm you know I'm going to defer to is Mark Daniels, who has a Heisman Trophy vote, voted for Shaquem Griffin, not Mackenzie Milton, and and and, hmm. I, and and the and because of all the intangibles that he brings to the table, so who better than the voice of football and the voice of UCF athletics? I'll tell That's you who was for him. <laughs> nah, I defer to Mark on that one. I'll defer to Mark. fair point. But I, I, <laughs> I think, and I think you know we you know. As much as, and even if we took out all of the all of the things that happened after the season, when when his profile really took off, like, and if we just keep it like on the field, stats based, results based, like, yeah, Shaquem's still the winner. Yeah, like that's how good of a season he had. That's how much of an impact he had on the field during the season. Like, he's still the winner. Right. They don't win the Peach Bowl without him. 
He was the best player on that field. If I take him out of that field, I don't think they win that game at all. My favorite moment from him, by the way, this year was when he picked up that fumble against Austin P. and he did the Adrian Killens breaking the tape celebration as he ran the ball into the end zone. That's my favorite moment of the entire year. Let's get up there. There All right. And here's the last one that we had. And, guys, this is is no doubt going to spark some debate. Uh, Game of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Just uh, the way I think like to think about this is like, OK, if, if we if we could put this one on DVR and keep it forever, which one would we keep? All right. I've got three nominees. I need a fourth one. Um, and interestingly enough, one of them is basically two games. All right. First one is football defeating USF 49-42 uh, uh, in the war on I-4, a game that was watched by pretty much the entire country. Um, number two. Football defeating Memphis in the American Athletic Conference championship game in a 62-55 overtime, just monstrous game. Uh, here's the two. Here's the two for one: baseball beating number one Florida back to back nights. Boy, that seems like it was a long time ago, but hey, they beat the number one team in the country back to back nights. Those are the three that I have right now. Now, Lopez, I'm tempted to add the Aaliyah White game against Florida too. But yeah, yeah. Talk me out. Uh, talk me out into something else. Well, you have that game, and then UCF women's soccer over North Carolina. I mean, I think yeah. those are the two other games that jumps out. Um, again, this is. Why we, do we really? We need to like complain to Twitter or something. We need more than four categories. Uh, I know. Nominee. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the UCF Florida softball. Now, you know, do do you do you try to combine them with baseball as a co? Dude. You know, hey, baseball and softball beating Florida, and that way you throw it. You can mm. add in the women's soccer against Carolina. Do you want to no, do that? I, see, I think if if we're going to do a single game and we talk about significance, I would say that we would add women's soccer and we would add softball and we would drop baseball. Murph, what do you think? Wow. Oh, I, I mean. Uh... Oh, I, I'm fine with that. Like, it's not like I'm really defensive about baseball. I really wow. am kind of slam. I've slammed baseball this entire podcast. I've just realized, like, I really undersold. You know, you need to be. Really you need did. to be nice. You know, Love Lady might not let you back in the building next year if you hear. I know. I, I mean, I, Eric, I still want to talk to Love Lady about next year's WrestleMania when the time comes. I hope he's going to let me do this. I hope he doesn't hear this. All um, right, here's, this is how we'll defend. This is how I can defend dropping the baseball. It was a okay. midweek. It's a Wednesday. It wasn't a weekend series. Like if they would have still the number Florida one team in the country, yeah, but it's a right. midweek, and you know that that's probably what hurts it. If you're gonna, I mean, we have to take somebody out. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm in favor of you know. I, I mean, I get. I would think we should be five, but um, I mean, the women's softball was a big deal. They threw their all American Ocasio, UCF threw white. There was no, you know, Florida didn't throw their ace. They didn't throw Singer, you know, as their ace. No, uh, they, and, they and the women's threw- soccer game that was you know. They yeah. threw now. Florida did throw a freshman. I forgot his name, but Florida did throw a freshman who, in a couple of years, will probably be in the top ten in the MLB draft. And I don't <laughs> say that facetiously; like that's kind of what he's going to be. But that those games, those games, the home and home against US, against Florida, like unlike unlike the North Carolina game in soccer and in the Florida game on softball, like they were fine games and the victories were big, but the games themselves weren't. Yeah, like, they weren't anything great. Yeah, they weren't anything seat, great. Yeah, like, yeah, they weren't I like mean, edge I, of your seat. Stuff. In fact, right. I left the Florida game. It was a draft. Remember that because we, <clears throat> we did a podcast where I ripped the length of baseball games because that game just kept going and going and going. Yeah, you were um, pretty. You, yeah, you you were pretty. You were pretty ripe after that when I remember that. <laughs> so yeah, I was. So I I don't. Yeah, I kind of agree with Murph. I I think 
it's the two football games. It's UCF Florida softball because that was that was came, that was dramatic. That was if you were in mm-hmm. that building that night. I mean, every it was a pitch great game. Mattered. It was that it women's. Was well- uh, listen, let's not take away from that women's soccer game either, where they fell oh, down. They were down one to nothing and came back and won the Agreed. game. So oh, I agree with you, Jeff. I mean, if, if this was a normal year, that would probably be my vote for game of the year. That was an incredible yeah. game, incredible match. But it is not a normal year, so that's why football Here's- wins. And now that's the other debate. Yeah, which so, football game gets the win, right? Like right. It's a, the is it, well, is it is it USF? Is it Memphis? Or do we switch one of those out for the Auburn game? Yo, ooh, 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 no, Mr. Cotter, ooh. Ooh, Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter. Go ahead, um, Mr. Murphy. Uh, that Memphis game wasn't great. Is that an unpopular opinion? Because it, it really wasn't. That is hot. That is hot takery at its worst, right there. It, it, well, it absolutely wasn't because it was really messy and a ton of blown coverages. That's what was great about it. It was so flawed. It, no, I hate that. Why? Wait, it was. It, wait, 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 gonna tell me? Are you saying that you saying that you would Peach Bowl? Or are you saying you would take the Peach Bowl over that game? Mm, uh, no, I wouldn't say I would take another football game over that game. But like, if we're, like if we're talking about the merits of like a great game, like. It was it was it was a great game because it went two overtimes and it wouldn't end and it got a lot of points on the board, but also a lot of points on the board because those defenses were god awful. But let me let me def- uh, let me defend were, that, that like, game McK- for a McKenzie, second. Mackenzie Milton did not play well. From like he had put up a ton of right, he put up a, like an obscene stat line. Mackenzie Milton had an obscene stat line for that game. He also played pretty like not well for like what he usually has done. He almost threw that game away. People forgot like he should have thrown that game away. He right. threw an interception in the middle of the field that should have ended the game and didn't. Let me let me defend I, that I, game I for a second. With Murph. I actually agree with Murph. Um, I think it's the USF game. It's the game of the year by far. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though the Memphis game had more, I guess, based on a conference title game. But the USF game, I just love the storyline of that game. First of all, I don't even know if we did like best – like if you if we did a category for best performance that we saw, I mean Quentin Flowers was maybe the best performance I've ever seen anybody play in that field. I'm not gonna do, I'm un- gonna I'm not gonna have any opponents on this podcast, and I'm certainly not gonna I'm have a USF guy. Sorry, he was, he was he was remarkable. Uh, yeah. I think he made USF really a better team than they actually were. Uh, and the back and forth in that game, the environment in that stadium, it was packed. UCF fans, USF fans, the back and forth. It was the nightlight, the nightlights thing going yes. on. Yes. Black Friday rivalry game, amazing. right, right. And remember when Flowers hit the deep pass, to, and then they hit the touchdown. And everybody like, <gasps> and then the two point play, which was remarkable, and everybody's like in shock. And then you had the yeah. turn for. I mean, it was incredible. Let me. It was uh, everything. Your bo- Adam, Adam, Adam Amin on the call, who was just oh, doing some amazing fantastic. calls. Yes, I I'm mean that's need- the, in Sports Illustrated made it the game of the year. So who's who's yeah. arguing that? Uh, well, right. I will. Um, I will defend oh. the Memphis game. Oh, let's not forget that UCF in this game at one point trailed it. Actually, trailed at halftime. All right. After um, blowing a big lead. After blowing it. After blowing a big lead, they <laughs> trailed it. They they did trail at halftime, and I and 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 I was thinking, oh my god, is this how it's going to end? Um, UCF comes back. They take a fourteen point lead. Granted, they blow that, but there was that there was that moment when the game was tied at forty eight. All right, and you guys were there too. Where Memphis has the ball in the fourth quarter, the game is tied, and they are marching down the field with under two minutes to go. And 
all of a sudden you're thinking they get to the UCF 25 yard line. Right. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, this is it. This is the end. This is how it all comes crashing down. Mm-hmm. Well, you did that. Well, you and said, then you yeah, and then all of a well, sudden. Well, to be fair, Jeff thought it was all come crashing down when they like didn't blow out, uh, you know, every team they faced. Like back <laughs> right. in back in back in October, it was like, oh, right. we didn't we didn't was, beat Cincy by a thousand. It's coming crashing down. Yeah, I, I, I bit my nails down to the quick the morning of the UConn game. So who am I to talk? But, um, <laughs> but okay, they're down at the twenty five yard line, and we're and I'm thinking this is it. This is a chip shot field goal, and it's going to be over. And the whole, and everything we hoped for hoped would happen is not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, um, there, there was a uh, there was a penalty for an illegal block on that play. Yep. So they're at the thirty five. Yep. Rush for a loss of three. Yep. Incomplete pass. Timeout with thirty nine seconds. Incomplete pass again. Then there was that wild sequence with the field goal, where. Mm-hmm. They where UCF blocked the it blocked the field goal from uh, what was it forty six right, mm-hmm. but it didn't count oh, yeah. because there was a delay of game, so Memphis actually had another shot at the field goal. They they wipe off the blocked field goal, um, and it, for a second they were thinking, oh my god, kick six, you know UCF might have a shot here, you know, like one more shot with a hail mary. Memphis ends up getting another shot. Uh, they miss the field goal again. It was Riley Patterson, not Riley Ferguson, who missed the field goal uh, from 51, and then we go to overtime. And then God knows what's going to happen in overtime. And, of course, obviously, Trey Neal with the interception. But there was yeah, but there were a couple you, of moments yeah. in that game where you're where I thought it was actually even closer to to where UCF was even further on the brink Oh, than the USF entirely. game. You disagree. Well, I disagree with that. Disagree strongly. Yeah, I disagree with that. I never, I never felt the kicker was going to make the kick. I mean, they kind of blew no. that. And you actually kind of made Murph's argument for him uh, because those are a lot of miscues were made in that play. The beauty of the USF game was there were being great plays were being made. The Memphis yeah. game, both teams kept shooting themselves in the foot. That's why. And I hate the overtime rule. I thought it was ridiculous. It turned into a freaking video game. Um, I love college overtime, and you can't convince I, me I, otherwise. So now, now I will. I mean, if people are going to argue that the Peach Bowl should be on the list, no, I, I actually thought the Peach Bowl was a very not a great game at all. Uh, it's one of the most bizarre I, games I've ever seen. Just as, very especially bizarre as, game. as very, poorly as UCF played in the first half, and to still win the game. I don't think I don't think either team played well. Quite frankly, um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was that great of a game. It was just because UCF won, it was huge and it was exciting. If UCF would have lost, I don't think anybody even remembers that game. Yeah. Well, um, don't forget, don't forget, Auburn really wasn't focused on that game. Right. Yeah. They they weren't they weren't ready to play. Blah 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 blah. Twitter. Like you, just like UCF. Yeah. Well, like UCF wasn't ready against Arkansas State, but whatever. Right. But no, I, I, I the bottom line is I think the Memphis game is better than the Peach Bowl, but USF game by far is better far. than the American Conference time. It's not even. Right. I, and I've thought about it for a while, having been to both, and. I just think more people are going to remember the USF game. I mean, you know, obviously the rivalry helps knowing, you know, the, what was at stake. I mean, the winner of that game probably was going to win the American Conference title anyway. Uh, you could argue that maybe Memphis would have beaten USF, but that was the biggest game in the history of USF football. It's the most crushing loss in that program's history, and it's one of the UCF's biggest triumph wins of all time. Uh, it was just unbelievable with plays that we may never see again. We may never see a kickoff return like that ever again. Uh, we'll, we'll see multiple overtime games, 62-55 again, trust me. 
But I think, yeah, and I just want to follow that up real quickly. Like when you're watching Quentin Flowers play and in the third mm. quarter when USF took when USF takes the lead in that game and yeah. you're watching him, they go like, oh, by the way, they, they can't stop him. Like they just can't like right. no what he, they, they they can't stop him from running or throwing. He was on track and he might I mean, I know he's had some records, but he was on track to like blow up a ton of records like in the second quarter. Like he's going to like yeah. crush everything because he was putting up amazing, yeah. amazing stats. He had six a uh, six hundred and five total yards as an individual. Right, and you can one hundred two running five oh three passing. And again, this is where like the box scores lie to you because like he was he was so good, he was so good in that game. And then you can look at Mackenzie Milton's box score for the Memphis game, which is out like he's got more than five hundred yards as well, and he wasn't nearly in the same ballpark as what Clinton, Quentin Flowers was that week before. Right. Like it's different, it's different performances all, all around. And so all I'm saying is like. When Yusef got down, da- when Yusef got down with Clinton Flowers like just ravaging them, I really thought there's no way they're going to win this game because they can't stop him. Yeah. Well, how about the fact that when USF scored in the opening position, it set the tone. Like you were on the edge of your seat right from the get go. Like you were like, you weren't going to step out. Whereas the U- UCF Memphis games, there were times I remember I was doing stats for the radio broadcast for IMG, and I remember at one point in the first half we were thinking UCF's going to blow them out. And remember there was that yeah. fumble. That was that fumble that UCF had that gave Memphis the short field to get him right back in the game. Uh, so there were times where I thought UCF was going to blow Memphis out of the field, and a couple of times, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it was an exciting game. Don't get me wrong. It, it was a it, great I, and I got news for you. It looked like it was going to be a blowout at one point in the USF game, too, because UCF led that game 21-7 after, after one quarter of play. They, after yeah, but then once, after but McCants once had that opening touchdown, UCF scored yeah. three straight touchdowns in the first quarter. Sure. Bam, 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 and then it's twenty-one-seven after one. You're like, oh man, this might be then, uh, this. Right. This might but get out of flowers, hand. But then flowers <laughs> got going in that second quarter, yeah. and they got right back. And then at that point, you're like, oh, game on. And uh, it, it, it that was a magic. I had everything. It was just unbelievable plays that I don't think we'll ever duplicate again. I mean, that was just from. And by the way, it had more TV viewers. Uh, Sports Illustrated's game of the year, and I do agree with Murph. Uh, Adam Amin added a lot. Like if if you watch that game again, you still get excited about it. Nothing against Steve Levy and the crew; they did a fine job for the conference title game. But the goosebumps that Adam brings to that telecast was phenomenal. Uh, you know, and with the storyline, which I mean, Scott Frost was the storyline, and I think something that takes away from the Memphis game, I think, to some fans was that was also the same day that Scott Frost, you know, basically, you know, resigned <laughs> right yeah. after the game, which was makes it the most bizarre day in the history of the program. You just won the American conference title game. I'll never forget Murph. You and I were there. They win the title game. They're celebrating the conference title game. And I remember Mike Bianchi asked him the question about what's your future or something. And he's like, I got to talk to the players or whatever. And so we're all hanging out. And the next thing we know, we find out, Hey guys, we're gonna have another press conference here shortly. Well, I I remember I was watching the game. uh, I I couldn't be there in person, but I was watching the game on TV covering on the live blog. And I think it was at the very tail end of regulation, or was it in the overtime session? I can't remember. I'll have to go back and look. That Brett McMurphy broke the news during the game. That's right. And 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 there was obviously that 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 (laughs) that earned a lot of consternation on Twitter. I don't know who was in control of leaking that news at the time, but. <clears throat> but that, but there was that that moment where I think Steve Levy was actually announcing that 
Uh, guys, this is happening. Uh, Scott Frost, this will be his last game at UCF, or so we think. Now, lo and behold, the uh, the, the Peach Bowl was, of course, but um, but there were, but it was just. I don't know, man. It was just such a bizarre. You're right. It was such a bizarre day. Just the range of emotions, um, I, I think, elevates that that day, that game in particular. Just the the back and forth, the range of emotions, the comp, the complexity of those emotions. I I mean, for me, kind of does it. I mean, but but then again, that's not to say that the USF game wasn't emotional. I mean. Lord knows it was. Well, I'll never forget the USF game after they won. There was that rumor about him meeting with Florida that was, you know, who's supposedly going to meet with Florida that weekend. Yeah. And I'll never forget the team. And Shaq, I think Shaquem Griffin gave him a signed football to that team. And that was such a symbolic moment uh, in the emotions of that USF game. Okay. Uh, because that week, I remember about that week, and Murph, you were there in the press. Remember when Scott, Scott was not happy with the way the schedule played out where USF had the shorter week. Compared to USF, mm-hmm. USF had played, so the tone was set like early in the week, with yeah. you know. Whereas I remember the Memphis game, that was a weird week because uh, you were at that presser where Scott Frost basically almost stopped short of saying, "Yeah, this is probably going to be the it for me." Right? Like it was a very bizarre week in where some a lot of the focus was Scott Frost and Nebraska, whereas the USF game just. Everybody was locked in on that game, and yeah. I think that's why I think that game will be remembered more from a UCF fan standpoint um, and from an exciting standpoint just because, I mean, that thing was tense from the get-go when Scott Frost was like, I don't think it's right that they had a lot, you know, uh, they had a scheduling advantage and all that stuff, and you just, it was just yeah. wild. It was just an amazing time either way, that yeah. those two-week period. What a year, man. What a year for all the sports that we've had right there. So, the, so wait, so, so yeah, have, we just, have, we decided, have we decided how that category is going to play out? Because I hate is, to bring this back. This is a great <laughs> recap of the 2017 this is, season. This, this is what cool. I've got. This is what I've got. Okay. Game, game of the year nominee. This, is our, this really is our final award. I went back. We didn't skip anything. So we've got it all. So we don't have any like performance of the year or anything like that. We've got everything, right? Yeah. We've done everything. Uh, football defeating USF. 49-42. Football defeating Memphis to win the American, 62-55 in overtime. Softball defeating UF 1-0 with a one-hit shutout from Aaliyah White. And women's soccer defeating North Carolina 2-1 in double overtime. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. All right, and with that... We All have right, so can I throw in your two bonus things? Okay. Can I throw two bonus bannies here? Okay. <laughs> Life, li- you, Lifetime Achievement Award. You know how they have that in the Oscars, right, for career achievement yeah. and stuff? Mm-hmm. Can, we, like, can we create a bannies Lifetime Achievement? Where sure, every year It's our awards. We, we can do whatever the heck somebody, we want. We honor somebody. It could be a player. It could be a coach. It could be somebody that works at UCF for, for, for their long, you know, their, their work, right, They're in, the, in, the, in, their, in their respective sport or for the university. So, like, for example, I think there could be a Lifetime Achievement Award this year would be to Coach Gillespie for the 18 years of service as a UCF employee and what she's done for the softball program. That would be my example. Okay. We could call it the Manny Messenger uh, uh, ba- Banny, you know? Like he, Manny Messenger, yeah. We should, yeah, we should so do that. that. Would, like, who, who would we yeah, – okay, here's a fun over-under. How many years until Scott Frost gets his Lifetime Award, Lifetime Banny, Lifetime <laughs> Achievement Banny? Oh, boy. Probably do it now, shouldn't you? Probably right. a few months late. Two years, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a hard sell. <laughs> that, some people may not be a fan of that one. Yeah, but that does segue that to my other bonus category, right? 
because part of the storyline this year was, you know, Scott Frost left for Nebraska. You've got Renee leaving for Iowa. So you got four coaches, right, that I think people, I don't know if you want to, this is the category. I, I don't count Rooney. I think every, nobody's rooting for Rooney and is an assistant. So, <laughs> but are UCF fans more likely to root for Scott Frost at Nebraska, uh, Kirk Sparrow at Iowa, Renee at Iowa, or Amanda Cromwell at UCLA? Based on what I think missing, so... Am, am I missing anybody? I mean, do you want to include... Don, I don't think people are rooting for Donnie Jones at Wichita oh, no, State no, no, or no, no, Harry no, Rooney no. at Houston. No, they are definitely not. Um, I'm going to say that Kirk's going to win that one. Kirk? Kirk? Yeah, no, Kirk is beloved. Like, he's he's still beloved. I, I, where is my Kirk's Jerks t-shirt? It's still around. I think that should somewhere. be a bonus. I think you should throw that in there as a bonus category, okay. Jeff. I'm very I'm right. curious about that. I'm very curious how fans so, feel about that. Uh, all right. That's what we'll do then. We know who's not going to win that. <laughs> yeah, we know probably. who's not going to win. Very, but I am very yeah. interested if people would vote because, you're. I mean, Cromwell is very beloved in the women's soccer fans. Renee's beloved in the softball fans. Uh, I think you're right. I think Kirk, there's something about Kirk that fans still have that attachment to. Um yeah, you know, and then you know, I think there will be people that'll follow Scott Frost for better or for worse. So whether I mean, that is what it is. So I'm fascinated how fans would feel about that. So I think that should be a bonus category just for this year anyway. All right. We've got yeah. uh all right, so we've got it done then. All right, we will make sure I'm gonna be built I'm gonna be posting these um polls on our uh Twitter here heading into the weekend. Uh, I will also have a page on uh blackandgoldbanneret.com where uh you will find all of these polls. The final results will be tabulated before our next show, which will be next week, and we will announce the Banny Award uh, winners. In the meantime, gentlemen, we do have some content up on the site. Eric Lopez, you've been quite busy this week. Uh, what do you have on tap? Well, yeah, I mean, if you go to Banneret, we've done I've done some multiple things. Uh, obviously, with Coach Gillespie leaving for Iowa, kind of a I don't know, a Jeff, would you call this a tribute? Kind of a I don't know how to describe it, but. We got some multiple uh, features up. Say some tribute, uh, some reactions, some... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very unique. Uh, I, I did a top 25 games list of all time in UCF softball in the Gillespie era, uh, ranking, I thought, the most memorable and exciting and, and meaningful games in her era. Uh, um, and then I did this because I got so much overwhelming reaction on my phone and on my social media when you know, the announcement was made on Friday. We broke it on black and go banneret and all that from former players and coaches across this you know the country reacting to coach gillespie leaving in iowa so i decided um with their permission to publish some of it just to get an idea and so one of the things that's out is reaction from coaches uh, across the country like patrick murphy for example the alabama head coach was in the press release for iowa so that quote's in there i was able to get a quote from arguably Renee's biggest nemesis, if you will, Ken Erickson, the USF head coach, who had a nice thing to say uh, in there as well. We also had reaction from other coaches in the sport, as well as former UCF coach Kirk Sparrow's reaction on Twitter. To And I thought a very touching, and I think you can talk about this, Jeff, because you know him very well. I thought Todd, I put in Todd Dagenet's tweet about Renee, which was very revealing uh, about how much Renee meant to Todd and how she helped him when he first arrived at UCF, I thought it was very revealing stuff. So I think that was some good stuff that's in there. We have, and also a lot of former players chiming in with their thoughts on Renee and the impact they've made 
some great quotes in there, including Samantha McClowski, who spoke from the heart, uh, just how much she meant, Renee meant to her, some of the other great UCF players. That's also going to be up on Black and Go Banner. Cool. Murph, what you been up to? Oh, things. <laughs> Stuff with life. I'm sure there's things. Back to you, Jeff. <laughs> wow. Listen, you're taking you, you're taking a well-deserved breather. By the way, um, <laughs> I don't know if you're I don't know if you're uh, you know how much how much you've been doing with the Sentinel of late ever since the uh, ever since that regional finished up up in Deland. But I just want to say well done on the work that you've done for uh, the Sentinel covering UCF baseball and the Stetson regional. Um, that was really fun seeing seeing you get the seeing you get that opportunity to do that. So I hope that they call upon you much more in the uh, in the future going forward. So job well done on that stuff. Um, Thanks. Yeah. The uh, I've been working on some football analytics. I'm calling it uh, kind of f- summer football study hall, uh, where uh, I've worked on some analytics where I'm breaking UCF football's season down by possession. Actually, I went back five years into UCF. Uh, football and analyzed uh, the football team's performance by possession. Uh, we looked at the um, I looked at the offense this past week. You can check that out at blackandgoldbanneret.com. I'm working on the defense this week as well. So hopefully we'll have a few more of those interesting little bits uh, uh, in uh, a little bit, and we'll do a little bit more statistical analysis so you can be numerically prepared for the upcoming 2018 football season, which is Less than a hundred days away, I think it's. Uh, I think it's what eighty. Somewhere Seven, around. No, it's like seventy four. Seventy four days away. Wow, oh, something man. like that. Gosh, this yeah. is happening fast. All right, so that'll do it for the Banny Awards nomination show here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Um, for Eric and Brian, guys, thank you so much. It's been fun. Uh, we'll have the awards show uh, next week. Make sure you, to bring your. Uh, make sure to bring the the black tie stuff because it's a serious event here. Uh, we're going to have a red carpet and everything. Um, and uh, thanks also to uh, Sam Unger and uh, the Unger Real Estate Group for their support all throughout the season. Uh, we sell Orlando.net is where you want to go uh, for uh, Orlando real estate. Uh, follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com, UCF underscore banneret on Twitter, facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. For Brian and Eric, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you for the Bandy Awards next week. <laughs>